This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back everyone to the Every Step Along The Way podcast. Um, Sadly, we didn't get off to winning ways versus Cardiff at the weekend, but obviously, you know, before we get into all that good stuff, um, Dan, how's your week been, mate? You been okay? Yeah, I've been all right. Thank you, mate. Um, Yeah, we brought all that optimism and everything. We were sort of brought back to earth a bit, or at least we didn't lose. Um, We were reminded very quickly how crap championship referees can be as well. (laughs) Not that we needed much reminding, of course, for how they've been this season uh, across the board, to be honest. But, God, they do pick the moments, and it's always multiple things in one match, in it, instead of just, you know, one small decision, the two huge decisions. But, yeah, um, we'll certainly get into all that. And, I mean, I must admit, I'm expecting this pod to be a hell of a lot shorter uh, than last week's. But uh, it was always going to be the case. I mean, we were catching up on about three weeks' worth of... um, Stoke news and stuff like that, weren't we? So um, everyone will probably be pleased that this is not going to be an hour and a half. <laughs> um, so yeah, a, a lot, a lot easier on the ears. Um, okay, well, let's kick straight off then, mate. So yeah, Cardiff. I mean, like you were kind of alluding to there, really, it was quite action packed. Obviously, you know, four goals. Sadly, the four goals were split instead of us scoring four. Um, now. I don't know about you, mate, but I was thinking thinking about this the other day. Like Cardiff games, they're turning into a bit of a goal fest um, at the minute in time. So, I mean, obviously two two. We kind of said that we were. I think I think we went for a two one winner. If I remember rightly, last week, Dan, is that right? Uh, you did. I said three nil. I think you said three nil. Okay. Um, I think Graham went one nil as well. Ben, oh, I'm trying to remember what Ben went for. I can't remember now. Um, but he. Either way, we all went for positive results, didn't we? This is where you tell me that Ben went for a 1 0 loss. Um, no, I think we did. We had wins across the board. Yeah, we were all bloody wrong by a long way. But uh, yeah, either either way, mate. Um, I mean, is an actual just general scoreline before we dig into it? Were you happy, content, kind of what you expected deep down from, from in terms of the result? Not really. I thought we'd. I didn't think they were very good before the game, and I didn't think they were all that good after the game either. We just didn't take didn't take the chances when we were on top, or didn't take enough chances when we were on top. Um, denied two clear penalties for me. One absolute stonewall penalty, and one one I would say is probably seventy thirty. Yeah, I'd say is a penalty. The the the, the sort of the fact he went shoulder. You know, that is the only defence he's got with that. And um, 
if that's consistently how it's done, I can live with that. But the, the other one, how that's not a penalty, I'll never know. No, I mean, the first one was a little bit like the Mason Mount decision. Well, I mean, there's one thing I've been shoulder to shoulder or a bit of a nudge, but for me, that where you start going into the 70, 30, 80, 20 in Stokes' favour is the, I think it's the, the force of it. Um, uh, he didn't want to get the ball. It was right, okay, kind of take the lap out here or you know, or whatever. And, and that that's kind of what he got away with. Um, yeah. So I think that for me is where we draw the line in that. But you, yeah, yeah, I mean, the first one, Christ. I mean, their own manager came out and said that it was a stonewall penalty, effectively, and they got away with one, uh, well, or got away with two. Uh, so when an, you're, you know the opposition manager comes out and says that, it says everything you need to know about the decisions. Once again, are the referees going to be penalised for that? You'd imagine that he's probably been pulled up during the you know the post match review with the official bodies, but nothing ever happens to these referees. They're just refereeing again the next week. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not for. I'm not for the whole bringing them out to explain themselves after a match. I, I, get, I get why people think that. Uh, it's never going to happen at all. Uh, you know, the football players, they're not going to put themselves in that situation. But I don't know, mate, is, is there anything you can do other than dropping them for games? Pr- probably not, is there really? Unless, again, VAR, if it comes in, which it's meant to be, a light version, then maybe that's what changes it. But... It's I don't know, mate. Again, that's cost us three points there. Yeah, um, like you say, there's not really much you can do other than sort of you know, take them out of the take them out of the out of action or or drop them down a league. But like I say, what 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 the, the, the standard of officiating? Or if you drop them down the league, you're only going to replace them with another idiot. No offense. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not quite sure he's actually listening to this, Dan, so don't worry about it. But um, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, let's talk about a couple of positives, eh? Because, you know, again, we've not lost. I mean, that's a positive, I suppose. But, you know, we've not lost the game. One of the main positives, which I think is very noticeable, obviously we went 1-0 down um, and we pulled it back and we didn't lose the game. Now, obviously, yeah, we wanted to win the game. But one thing we did discuss about, you know, pre and post World Cup is just not going to pieces whenever we go behind. So that's one positive we can take just to start off with, I guess. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, uh, Ryan Wintle, obviously, was in our academy once. He was a very young young boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, he would have enjoyed getting carded the lead. And, and like I say, it was, it was nice for us that we actually bounced back for once. We didn't go to pieces. We didn't fall apart. Um, and yeah, I, th- I thought they'd do two. Um, two good goals, really. I mean, the second one, obviously, there's a stroke of luck in the how the ball goes, you know, deflects to the lap. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the build up to both of them was good. It was it was forward thinking. They were looking. They weren't, you know, taking an age to get to get forward. Um, they were looking to you know hurt teams quickly and move the ball forward quickly. But 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 in their control, do you know what I mean? They were they were they weren't doing passes that. They weren't just lumping it long. They were, they were moving it to feet quickly forward, and I think that's what we've been missing for a while. Is we let teams get themselves organised because we sometimes can take a little too long to get forward. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Like, like you, I think you were kind of alluding to there. I mean, you know, yeah, we got a bit lucky with the the Delap goal, and I'm still unsure whether that was a tidy finish or he's just reacted. 
I'm not, I'm not quite sure. But either way, if Ty doesn't put us in that situation to attack in the first place, and obviously, you know, that that, that build-up's there, you don't even have the opportunity to have a, a lucky deflection or whatever it is. So, yeah, we've said before, you know, we don't need to walk the ball in, just bloody hit it and, you know, put ourselves in those dangerous positions. And sometimes you get lucky, and that's kind of what's happened. But it, it was it was very, very good to see Ty back on the... You know, the, the scoring front as well. Luke Bright, very, very lively. Obviously, he got a couple against Forrest in that. Um, it's almost for that pre-season, but that little, like, lull we had. Uh, so he came back and said that he wanted to start scoring more goals and contributing more. I think he could say that he did exactly what he said he was going to do. Um, hopefully, he can he can carry that on. And, and at the same time, mate, we've had two goals and they've actually been scored by bloody goal scorers. You know, the job yeah. that people are meant to do. <laughs> um, I mean, if you look at the first goal, I mean, Thompson sort of chips the ball forward, doesn't he, to Tyman. Yeah. And he sort of comes in on his right foot, passes it to to Ty, controls his right, finishes with his left. So you got Jordan Thompson, Josh Tyman, two players who haven't really played much this season. We haven't had them available very much. And it's interesting, obviously, obviously them two have sort of made that goal, aren't they? I mean, Ty's still got a lot of work to do when he gets the ball, and he does it very well, yeah. um, very clinical. But again, Ty hasn't been massively involved until probably the last four or five games before the break. Um, and then obviously the second goal, again, was a time and cross-field pass to Campbell. So the same players combining, and it just shows what a difference it does make having Josh in the team as well. I mean, did, did you notice much of a difference on this in this game to, say, before the actual World Cup break? Did, have you seen anything that you think the manager's been working on with them? Or do you think it's more of a case that we've, I don't know, maybe we've just been working on the same things, but trying to improve at them same things? Um, I thought the, the, way they were, the way they were playing the game, the way they were approaching the game was better. Yeah. Um, they looked... They looked a bit more united, especially in the first half. I know they did they did drop off in the second half and and could easily have lost the game towards the end. But I think, like I say, the um, the approach was they seemed to, like like I alluded to earlier on. They wanted to get the ball forward quicker, and I think that that was something that we've really struggled with for not just this season or last season, but probably for about four or five years. We've Taken up, no one's really wanted to take the initiative and try and force things to happen. Been very slow at the back. Yeah, they've been very happy to pass it side to side and and wait for a gap to appear. And we haven't really had the players to to manipulate the opposition to create you know create space for chances like that to happen. And I think that's why we've had such a frustrating time the last four or five years. We haven't. You know, we haven't got the type of attackers to to burst into areas, to, you know, to to stretch defenses in that kind of position. So all we've ended up doing is going side to side, side to side, knock it back, side to side, back into midfield. Is there a pass on? No, it's not. Side to side, side to side. Is there a pass on? No, go back. And it's just repeating, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like we come to the end of the game and go, well, we had a lot of the ball and didn't do a lot with it. <laughs> Well, I mean, obviously we talk about side-to-side passing, defending and, and just overall passing ability. Now, one guy we've spoken a lot about prior to this was obviously Harry Suter. Um, how did you think he got on, mate? Did he slot straight back in for you? Or Yeah, I thought he um, 
there was interesting. I think it was the, I think was it the equalizer? Or was it a chance that didn't quite go in? And he was, he was handing Rollickins out. And he had yeah. a bit of a set two with somebody, and then I thought this is good because Cam, uh, sorry, Suter's now going in there, and he's he's not being afraid to call people out. Whereas when the ball goes in, the, you, um, maybe Jagielk is thinking, you know, at the not at the end of his at the end of his career kind of thing, doesn't want to be, you know, I'm not I'm not interested in firing people up or stuff and that, and. You have Suter there, and he was like calling people out and really rollicking them, and they were giving a bit back, which is nice because that's a bit of fire, you know. Like, yeah, it was like it wasn't me, it was him. It was that kind of. It wasn't my fault. If he did his job, he wouldn't have come to me. And uh, but I thought, yeah, if he's if he's going to be like that, then that gives me hope that the defensive frailties that obviously are still there that were on show against Cardiff will get sorted out in time. Because, yeah, whether that's January is another thing to see, of course. But yeah, and that's not not even like with new players, but the ones that we are there, because I think having such a young side and there was, you know, I, I liked Michael O'Neill, but I can see what people are saying. There was no animation from him on the touchline, and there didn't seem to be because he didn't really have any money. He was sort of making do with what he got, bringing in like freebies and and young lads. And it sort of, it's it sort of was like no one was held to account. Yeah. Because oh well, it's to be expected. Young lads, they're going to make mistakes. If I hammer them, it's only going to you know it's, it's not going to go down well. It's not going to help them progress. Whereas now, I think there's a lot of them. I've had enough games. That, you know, Ben Wilmot's twenty-two. He makes a mistake. I've, I've, I can't see the no issue in you know, give and in a relic out and say, you know, what were you doing there? I think he no. and I think he's you know, he's probably man enough to take it on the chin and say, Yeah, okay, I need to make sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah, exactly that, mate. I mean, it's not like it's his third professional game, do you know what I mean? That those players now we keep saying, Oh, they're only twenty one, twenty two, but a lot of them have got a number of games behind them. You know, if if you haven't if you're not at the level now, they're not. They clearly shouldn't be in the team. So I, mean, I, I totally agree with you. I think Wilmot's been good for me this season. If we want to pick him out, yeah, it was just because he was the one closest to Suter. Suter was giving a bit of a mouthful too. That was all. That's that why I mentioned Ben. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for example, Ben Wilmot. If he's England under twenty one international, former England under twenty one international, if he can't take a bit of criticism from his leader of his defence, then. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> that says. Yeah. You know what I mean. But and I'm sure he can. Like I say, I'm not. We're not. Sort of, I, don't, I don't want to specify him. Thing. I don't think he had a bad game at all. Like I say, it was just that I think he was the one on the end of Suter's wrath kind of thing. Um, yeah. He gave as good as he got. But yeah, the, I think the initial point I was making. I think we sort of gone a bit around the hours a bit. Was that with that? If he's going to be doing that and he's going to be holding people to account. And he's going to be driving people. Well, you know what? If I'm going to be at this football club, and I have been told I am too good to be at this football club by many people quite publicly, then you lot are going to get to my level if I'm staying here, however long that is, whether that's six weeks, six months, wherever long. So, you know, if you're not here, if you're going to make a mistake, I'm going to call you out for it because I feel now I am in a position in this team to be able to do that. And that can only and that can only 
improve people, I think. I was going to say, they've, they've always said that. You've, you've heard so many managers say that, that when you bring quality players in, it lifts everyone around them. It lifts the standards. Um, so, yeah, 100%, mate. We'll, we'll, we'll hopefully be able to keep hold of Harry a bit longer. But, um, well, we're not going to go into it, but I'll be shocked if he's here next season, put it that way. Um, anyway, moving on. So, man of the match poll, uh, Dan, how did that go down? So, I mean, who would you have picked? Um... I, th- I think Ty must have been up there. Actually, I like Fosu. I just think he's always busy. I- I- I'd probably say Ty. Are you going for Campbell? Yeah. There's a- I think there's a few contenders, actually. But, uh, yeah. Fosu-, Fosu got one vote, by the way. Did he? Yes. Okay. Uh, the winner was Jack Bonham, 35%. Really? I mean, I, I-, I-, I remember the save. Don't worry, I'm not saying a bad game at all. But there were saves I would expect him to stop. So, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's perceptions, isn't it, I guess? Yes, yeah, Suter got 16%, and Ty Campbell got 11% of the vote. Um, then, obviously, you drop down. Thompson got 7%, and Tymon got 6 Uh So, yeah, I think those five were probably the five that contributed more during mm-hmm. the game. I think that's probably fair. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, Stewart and Block 9 didn't get a vote this week, no? He didn't know. Worst ref ever, Harvey Murphy. <laughs> Three percent got that, and eleven uh, percent, which actually tied in with Ty Campbell for third. Uh, Dale Liam Tunstall put on, uh, no one. <laughs> Oof, okay, a bit rough that one. Mm. Yeah, a bit harsh. Uh, one thing I will say, obviously, I know he came on late. Um, obviously, it wasn't just him. Jacob Brown also got on as a late sub as well. But Nick Powell got zero percent. Um, wasn't too impressed with his sort of. Demeanor when he was on the pitch, if I'm honest. Maybe he's had a bit of a Barney because he didn't get on. You know, he probably thinks he's fit enough and hasn't played. And Will Smallbone uh, and Co. I know he's been been getting a lot of stick, mate. And to be fair, so was so was Bakes. He's been getting a lot of stick. We'll come back to that one later on because I've got a question for you on that. But um, he maybe thinks he should be ahead of them players. Well, Will, if you look at that second goal, the laps pressed and won the ball high up, and he's. He's looking to play the ball to Smallbone. It wasn't the best pass in the world by any stretch, but it's a bit of a, you know, I, I do feel Smallbone maybe, and I'm sure he'll admit it to himself, should, could have done a bit more than just dangle a foot out to try and win it. And then I've seen people criticise Campbell and Fosu for, I think it was, it was half-arsed attempts to get back. If you watch that back, when that cross goes in the box from Cardiff that they score from, you've got your back three. You've got Clark, Suter, Wilmot and Thompson because Thompson dropped in for time and when he went forward. Then in front of those back four, you've got Campbell and Fosu. So hang on a minute. If you're criticising the two two of the three strikers, in, in essence, when they're tracking back... Yeah. What's happened to Tymon? What's happened to Baker? What's happened to Smallbone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, at least they're actually back there trying to do something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. absolutely they're spot in, on. They're in the midfielder's position there. So where's their tracking back? Where's their effort? It just seems to be that it's 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 an easy, it becomes an easy target for some reason. 
especially Campbell. Yeah, yeah, he seems to be a very easy target for people. Which, for a player, everyone was absolutely you know hysterical over last year. It's it seems to have been a bit of a U-turn, and I, th- I think yeah. even then, even when he was well, yeah, he was scoring <laughs> and assisting every game, people still call him lazy. And like, I don't, I don't know what people want. To be honest, like I say, I think this. It, <sighs> We always need a boo boy, don't we? You. If it's not yeah. Alan, it has to be somebody else. Yeah, I'm just confused. But it, 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 like I say, if it's justified, if you can explain it and say, "Well, this is this, this, look at this, this should have happened," but it's like you can't single out play. Like I say, there you can't single out a striker to get him back thirty yards from his own goal when the midfield are all on the halfway line. Mm. They. The striker's not your problem there because if if the midfield have got back as far as he has, then maybe then they would have more pressure on the ball. Yeah, 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 absolutely, mate. But either way, we didn't we didn't end up losing the game for once, like I said. So we, we've got something out of it. Obviously, puts a bit of pressure on the Bristol game um, this weekend, which obviously we'll come back to. Um, in terms of obviously, kind of a few things wanted to to bring up as well. So there's not much been in the way of news this week. It's been very, very quiet. But um, a certain Mr. Liam Lawrence turned 41. I put a few posts out. Uh, so, But, Dan, before I get into all the, the nuts and bolts of that, um, we, we've obviously all seen Liam play, and he was he was brilliant that promotion season and, you know, back in the Prem. Where does he rank for you in terms of your all-time favourite midfielders for Stoke? And I say that for the ones you've seen play. Is, is Liam up there? He's got to be. Um, I think for... I remember I was buzzing when he signed. I remember that time because he was a real sort of... One of the first players who came in who really helped transform us and turn us around. And he was one of the ones really who dragged us from sort of mid-table in the Championship to mid-table in the Premier League, weren't we? <laughs> By yeah. the time he was sort of like... He sort of moved on out of the team. And... Yeah, I mean, he got he was he's a great little sort of wing, you know, a lot of kind of wing, you know, stays wide, whip good crosses into the box. When you've got when you play when you're trying to play that way, do you know what I mean? I like a kind of that kind of winger and um, I say corner delivery, set pieces, and but just he's you know how fit he kept him, how how you know uh, dedicated he was as a footballer and and. I say some of the goals when when he was the kind of player when you needed him when you needed a goal, he would step up and deliver something. You know, he, he scored some really big important goals for Stoke. He he did, mate, and again, free kicks good. I think he was, as like you said, he was a bit of a an old fashioned right winger, really. Um, he, he didn't, he wasn't trying to beat his man every five seconds. Don't be wrong, he did do that, but as you said, for me, he. A bit of a no nonsense player. He get the ball, he whip the ball in, he get it on someone's head or get it to feet or whatever it was. And and Christ, yeah, the, the goals that you, that you you know you think back to, and even you know the 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 penalty that that he scored, he had to retake um, that first season up. Obviously, I think it was. I'm trying to remember now. It's actually a bit vague in my head. Um, he took the penalty, he scored it, and then he had to retake. I think somebody encroached in in the box, if I remember rightly. Um, and obviously the pressure was on then to, to retake the penalty. And he does, he, he smashes it low and hard. And I know in the grand scheme of things, that really wasn't a that really wasn't a big goal per se. But again, mentality shows, you know, he was strong me- mentally. He 
I mean, that, that season got promoted. I think what I can't remember now, Dan, did he score about 15 goals or 16 goals? He yeah, just, he was top scorer with Rick, 15 goals apiece. Yeah, I mean, a midfielder, I mean, Christ, those those weren't tap-ins either. I joked with Liam earlier about it. He said, you know, the, he just doesn't do tap-ins. The guy never did. I, I don't remember any tap-ins he really ever did. It was always screamers from outside the box or a free kick or something. But, I mean, I'd, I'd say I put, a, I put a post out and generally asked what people's favourite goal. And I'll be honest, mate, we had so many responses I can't possibly run through all of them, but uh, Jonah, Jono, Tom, Tony, Steve, Stephen, AJB, Dave, Kevin, and a number of others have all gone down the Coventry away game, uh, that particular goal. Uh, there's a good scattering of Hall and Ipswich as well. There was uh, a few of them. I think we all know what the goals they are. Dave Burgess said it, he and, and Stoke fans knew that you know when that got Coventry goal went in, we, we just knew we were going up. The confidence was there. I mean... Hard to put you on the spot with this because I've not kind of teed you up for this, but which one's yeah, your favourite? I am, mate. Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. decisions, decisions. I love the card. I love the Coventry one. Um, purely for me, that was the point where I was like, "Yeah, we're going up. Yeah, we are going." That that goal and the turnaround, losing at half time, coming back to win. Somewhere we never get results and. I haven't really got any results since then either. <laughs> at Co- you know, away at Coventry. And, thought, and that just, like I say, made me think, yeah, you know what? I think this is it. This is the season we're going to go up here. So it's going to have to be that one. But like I say, big shout out to the loads in the, the, the whole game that kept us up. You know, yeah. that got us to 40 points, didn't it? That, that goal and more a strike. Yeah, yeah, he scored some absolute belters, and like I say, they were quite often they were crucial goals as well. I mean, you know, was it a hat trick he scored at Barnsley on Boxing Day to get us a point? That's going back a bit. I think it might have been. Yeah, it, that's, that it, is going back. Yeah, I think that I think he scored a hat trick. There was like a ninety, there was like a ninety-eight minute penalty or something in there to get a point, and you know that I mean that was Boxing Day. But how important was that point come the end of the season? Oh mate, yeah, huge, huge kind of moments that, like, like you've said. I mean, when you think about, you know, his actual Stoke career, I think he played some, like, according to this, 112, 113 games, scoring 23. Um, it said, you know, kind of between 2007, 2011, it was 21 goals. Feels like it should have been more than that, but I just, I think it's because he had such a storming season when we got promoted. I think it kind of clouds judgment a bit, but um, yeah, I mean, it's safe to say, mate, that he's. I know he did really well at Mansfield when he was younger, but I think generally, you know, from Stoke days, is probably the most success he's, he's probably had as a as a player. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just thought, you know, again, his birthday being there, I thought we might give him a bit of a mention. Um, but I'm going to cop out and say that Coventry was mine, so I thought I'd let everyone else have their say, and then I'll just jump on to whatever everyone else <laughs> just just because it's easier for me. Um, so thanks, guys. Now I must admit one thing that. We kind of um, was mentioned the other week, Dan, and this is going back a bit now, but we're asked about like cheesy football jokes. So this is proper left field, but I've been meaning to mention it for a couple of weeks. So um, if you have a cheesy football joke, by the way, anybody, tweeters, Facebook group, DM, whatever you want. Um, but I just thought to bring a smile to everyone's faces, especially during these miserable times, um, I thought I might just share a couple with you if you want. Yeah, Are you ready? Cool. Far away. Yeah. I'll only do a couple because I'm going to save a few of these. 
Why did Cinderella get kicked off the football team? Go on. She kept running away from the ball. <sighs> Sorry, that's really no. bad. <laughs> so I told you they were cheesy. They can't have good ones. They've got to be cheesy. Um, and then the worst one, the cheesiest crap. Man, it was almost as crap. But how do footballers stay cool during a game? Uh, they stand near the fans. Oh dear God! Really crap, like really painful. So yeah, um, if if everyone hasn't gone, oh for God's sake, then yeah, you like that too much. Um, so yeah, send us in your jokes. Uh, we'll absolutely read them out. Uh, why not? It's always good to create a smile, especially if we're going to be losing more games throughout the season. I think we could all do with a smile during those moments. So, um, that's your mission as well, Dan. Find some the cheesiest football jokes you can. Anyway, uh, moving swiftly on, uh, women team and also the youth, uh, Dan, there's been a, a few movements this week, mate. Uh, yes, there has. There's been a bit. So uh, start with the women. So the women's uh, they should have played Leeds, shouldn't they, in the FA Cup third round. Mm-hmm. Uh, the massive frost that we've been <laughs> we've had for about, <laughs> that feels like we've been here for eternity now. It's been cold, um, has it? <laughs> just a little bit, yeah. Minus 7.5, it said this morning when I was taking the kids to school. Minus 7.5 at 9 o'clock in the morning. Nice. The car was freezing back up as I was driving. No. <laughs> I'm not I'm not in for this. I don't mind the cold, but no. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, Wait. obviously, naturally, that has put pay to the, the game with Leeds at the weekend. Um, it was postponed with a date to be arranged. Uh, probably the safest thing to do is to wait until it goes above zero at some point before they're trying to rearrange it, I suppose. Uh, although the fourth round draw has been made. And do you know who we've got in the, in the fourth round of the cup? Should we, should we beat Leeds? Um, I believe that's our arch enemies, isn't it? It is indeed. We've got Arsenal away. Yeah. Come on, girls, you can give them absolute spanking there. Um, talking of FA Cup games, uh, the under-18s obviously didn't have a game last week either. Uh, no game scheduled, so no need to postpone one. Um, and this week, they take on Blackpool. So it's 3pm at home in the third round of the FA Youth Cup. 3pm 3 p- 3 sorry, on Saturday at the Bet365 Stadium. So it's the last game of the year for the uh, the under-18s. And let's hope that they can uh, put their name into the pot for the fourth round of the FA Youth Cup as well. Uh, but yeah, anyone who's not going Bristol City, like I say, back to five Stadium, get yourself down there Saturday afternoon. And uh, yeah, watch watch the uh, under-18s. You know, Sky, red button, I think Stoke on the red button again, aren't we, this week? So get your recording out if you've got Sky and... Yeah, record the match, go watch the under-18s, and then go watch the first team later on. Or stream it. What watch? Go there, watch the youth, and you know, and have the actual Stoke game on your iPad or something. For that, best of both worlds, and you can be in the warmest stadium in the entire country. <laughs> I mean, what yeah. what the club could do? They could they could put the match, the Bristol City game, on the big screen whilst <laughs> you watch the under-18s. There you go. There, there's a way of getting fans in the ground for the youth games. Sorted. There you go, Stoke. We even charge you a fee for that one. No, it's been brought forward to one o'clock. There we go. Should think so as well. So yes, that's good. So, so there you go then. Either I misread it completely, or 
Yeah, well, so I wonder if I wonder if somebody in uh, in Ricardo's can get a dodgy stream up in there, <laughs> link it, you know, do the old screen mirror, screen mirroring in there. <laughs> you, you can go watch the under eighteens. Yeah, that's great. We're just opening up a bar, and we just want to get it off the ground, so we're going to show illegal streams. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, I think uh, Stephen all... King's going to love that, isn't he? They're not illegal anyway, because it's on the red button, so it's not illegal. Well, yeah. As long as they've got a a proper Sky subscription, (laughs) you're okay. Anyway, move on quickly. We've kind of gone for a tangent again. Go on. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yes. So, hopefully, like I say, one o'clock, go watch Blackpool. Uh, Go watch Stony Blackpool in the Youth Cup. Then go watch the first team. That's Bristol City. Uh, She's Saturday made. Um, Under 21s. So, we've had a good week this week. A very, very good week. So, Premier League Cup, we had a 2-0 win at home to Swansea. So Nathan Lowe and Dara McGuinness scored, which means, and they're going to pop up here again now, Mike, we only need a point in our last game of the group stage in the Premier League Cup to progress to the knockouts. Guess who we play in that final game? Is it Arsenal? It's Arsenal again. <laughs> so we might we did manage to get a point away at Arsenal. So we've got Arsenal at home. Um, it's the final group game. Like I say, all we need is a point. So uh, that's this week's game. So yeah, uh, if we like I say this week we play Arsenal at home, get a point, and we are through. Okay. Uh, but that's not the only game the, uh, the under twenty ones have played this week. So. In between, uh, in between those two Premier League Cup games, obviously last Friday against Swansea and then this Sunday against Arsenal, we've played PSG earlier today, in fact. Obviously, we're recording this on the Wednesday. Premier League International Cup uh, welcomed PSG. You know, the, the the young Messies and Neymars of the world popped over to, to the Potteries and uh, we dispatched of them 3-0. Easy walkover. Who were, yeah. pay, who were PSG? Mickey three Mouse team. Half, three second half goals, two from Emre Tescal, one from Again. Low. So two 17-year-old local strikers up front. One's bagged two, one's got one and an assist. It's looking good, isn't it? Scoring goals for fun, those boys are, mate. I mean, I know we... I mentioned last week about, you know, they can't be too far away. And I've seen comments, you know, not, not wanting to be too far away from the first team. No doubt they are training with the first team whenever it's physically well, possible. When uh, they Emery can. Was on, Emery was on the bench once last week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, but I mean, on a regular basis, it's one thing appearing on the bench you know, once in a blue moon. But, you know, you need them to be cons- consistently at that level. But I guess, you know, your point always when I ever make a comment like that is that it's a big difference going from an under 18s to a championship game and expecting them to perform, which is a fair comment. Um, but, it, you know, maybe it's time to give them a chance. Maybe it's a, a fact of giving them a loan. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think we're, we're very, we're very top heavy up front. I think it'd be a bit difficult to put put them in the team, if I'm honest. Over a, a Dwight Gale, for example, if you're talking about Gale or Brown, are you dropping one of them out of the squad completely to fit them in? Some yeah. people would be happy with that. Let me give you some stats. Uh, start with Emery, right? So this is it. This is how he's progressed um, over the last couple of years. So obviously he made the step up into the under-18s when he was 15. 
Yeah, and he scored six goals in 23 games in that first season as a 15-year-old in the under-18s. So you think, okay, not a bad record. Not amazing, set the world on fire. Oh, he's way too good for that level at that point, is he? But he's three years ahead of the game kind of thing as well, and he's you know, he's 15 and under 18 side. Yeah. The following season, first nine games of the season, he scores 12 goals. <laughs> yeah. So then this is obviously last season, this is. So at this point last season, they move him into the under-23s. And he scored four and 14. Four and 16, sorry. Um, in the, uh, the like I say, the under, eight, under 23s last season. So again, he's moved up a level. And now he's playing with under 23s and he's 16 years old. But he's only got four and 16. So again, it's like they're not mega, you know, mega numbers, are they? He's no. sort of, it's as if he's gone back to learning now and he's moved up a level. Now he's learning again. Fair enough. Yeah. This season, now, he's obviously had a long long layoff at the start of this season, hasn't he? And he's come into the under-21s, um, and he's played five games and scored himself five goals. Yeah, so he's he seems to get up to speed relatively quickly, doesn't he? Bit of settling in, and boom, he's off again. Yeah, so the way he's going, it, like you say, is he's, like I say, he's, he's had season, he's gone up a level, Okay, he's he's moved up. He's playing more experienced people, older players, more physical than him. Right, okay, six six months, whatever. I've learned the trade. Now I'm on fire. Now I'm the best player on the pitch. Okay, we'll move him up a level. So if he's doing it now in the under twenty ones, the natural progression now is first team football. Whether that's first team football at Stoke or first team football six months in League Two or whatever. I don't know, but well, the way maybe the going, FA Cup, mate. Hartlepool. That, yeah, the thing is, yeah, play him. At, yeah, give him at Hartlepool. Maybe even give him and Low a minimum of thirty minutes each. Start one of them, bring one off the bench for the last thirty. Um. So yeah, they share ninety minutes between them or something, or even you know play them together if towards the end or something because obviously they're used to playing together, aren't they? And yeah. I think that will give you an indication about where they are because obviously Hartlepool are a League Two side, um, and it will you know if they struggle in that game, you think well, you know we're probably better off keeping you around here because if you go out on loan, chances are you're probably going to sit sit on your backside on the bench or something. Um, and you, you know, bear in mind they are still seventeen, but if they shine in that game, the level of which they shine. It will either say Stoke can say, well, yeah, we you are ready to play every week. We'll get you out on loan. Or even you have shown me that you probably deserve to be around this first team. Um, I mean, we mentioned Emre there, didn't we? I mean, obviously he's not the only one, as we've, as, you know, we've, as we've alluded to. There's uh, Nathan Lowe as well. And we talk about Nathan Lowe and his scoring record, weren't we, last week? Yeah. Um, so he's... He's another one. Um, last season, started playing with the uh, started playing last season at sixteen with the under eighteens, six six in ten. Got himself in the under twenty threes for a couple of games. Um, didn't do a lot. Then he's coming. <laughs> I mean, his record ridiculous. He scored four and six at the start of this season for the under eighteens. Then he's moved into the under twenty ones. 
and has scored. He's played. Uh, look, I can see here. He's played ten games and scored eight goals. Yeah, well, it shows, mate. Like clearly, that jump from under eighteen to under twenty three's type type level. It's clearly not a. It's, it's clearly been handled correctly. At least if you're looking at stats alone, you'd say that it's been handled correctly. They've been moved through at the right time. The coaching they're getting at that level is decent coaching. You know, the, the playing with players that are getting the best out of them at that level as well. So you've got to hand it to the youth setup. You know, clearly something's working. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks to me like I say he's not. They don't rush it. They let the player earn the earn the way up, don't they? And mm-hmm. I mean, the fact is. If those two lads there are 17 and they, they're no doubt keeping other strikers out and, and you know, if they weren't performing or if they weren't ready, Stoke would have gone out and got a couple of strikers in, wouldn't they? Yeah. You, you know, might not have... Even if it wasn't like we're going to get two strikers in who um, we think are going to make it into the first team at any point, they would have just gone to just to make the team competitive for the other players who they have high hopes for. Because um, obviously, you know, it's it's if you've got a you've got a great right winger or something, but he's got no he's got no nobody to put his chances away that he's creating for. It, it's not going to help his progression, is it? No, no, exactly that, mate. And I think it's going to be good to see these guys come through. However, however, they end up breaking through um, for sure. And I think one person that we've we've touched on in the past and we brought up a few times was. Uh, was Will Goodwin as well, isn't it? Um, and I think you've been on the on the hunt again, have you? Been on the sleuth. I have. So another well, young, a bit of information. Stoke fan. <laughs> um, yeah, so another Stoke fan who's a striker, young lad at the club. Um, obviously, we brought him from Chester, didn't we? Um, about twelve months ago, he went out. He went out to Hartpool, ironically, <laughs> um, and he had a spell out there. And then he's obviously now um, he's away at he's playing for Torquay now, and obviously we we caught up uh, with Sam here about November start of November time just before we went off on the break. Yeah. Uh, and whilst we've been gone, he's had a bit of a time really. He scored, he played against Derby, and uh, scored a last minute goal. It was on the ITV one day as well. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and he got man of the match. I think he got man of the match. He was, he was certainly interviewed after the game. Um, but I'm, I'm sure he got man of the match in that as well. Um, and then obviously he's played a couple of games on BT Sports as well, and he scored a couple of other sort of quite crucial goals for Torquay. So I know last time we spoke, he was saying there wasn't a lot of goals, but he seems to have added that too. So let's let's check in now and listen to the audio. And uh, yeah, this is what this is what the Torquay fans are thinking about him right now. This is Sam from Talking Talky Pod. Um, yeah, Goodwin has really improved since we last spoke. He was pretty decent when we last spoke. I was saying how he's shown attributes of improving, a decent National League striker. Well, now I'll go as far to say that he's really, by the end of this spell, going to be a very good Football League player, uh, standard already. Uh, he's basically played every game apart from one he missed because he's had five bookings. Um, it was obviously FA Cup hero about a month or so ago, got that. Um, brilliant goal against Derby in the last minute, which is great for his sort of profile. And now the team is struggling badly. Like it's a terrible time probably to be a Torquay fan right now. I can tell you, but uh, he's still scoring, and that that shows a lot of character. 
we had um, when we got relegated a few years ago, bleak season from National League. We had a striker called Reese Healy. He came on loan for like the end of the season from Cardiff, scored a few goals, and now he's playing like French uh, for Toulouse before he had an injury. And I kind of see similar with Goodwin, like his goal against Oldham at the weekend in a 3 2 defeat, live on BT again. Brilliant. Either way, he just sort of shrugged off the player, finished right in the bottom corner. He's really found that confidence now. Um, he's not sort of just sort of snatching at chances where you get when you're a bit nervous when you haven't replayed really much professional minutes. Now he's really starting to show that you know, hang on a minute, it's not just going to be a decent lead to National League striker, he could really push on. Um, and long may it last. Uh, sometimes this is the best move. He's come down here a long way away from home. Um, it's this a nightmare for talking at the moment but um he's really a bright spark we've got a good few players going forward uh which helps us uh, we're leaking a lot of goals but he's really starting to score a few got nice goals now so good on him hopefully it lasts until the end of the season cheers that's sam so sam from the talking talky pod there um but yeah it all looks positive on uh, will Goodwin. he's definitely making a good impression down there and uh, yeah the fact he's adding goals now Means hopefully he can, uh, you know, help Torquay stay up. And I think, yeah, you know, youth football as well. It's not all, of, you know, just because the guy. I mean, I've seen so. What I'm trying to say is, I've seen some people say after watching him in that game against Derby and whatever. Oh, yeah, he's good, but he'll, he's he's nowhere near good enough for for a championship. Because like, well, okay, maybe not. But by coming from Chester to Stoke, he now has a platform to make a career of himself, and he's obviously working his, you know, working himself into the ground here, and he, to to make sure he, he takes this opportunity at Torquay and shines, and the fact he's doing that means that hopefully, yeah, I think you know if he becomes a good League One, League Two striker, and gets a good 10, 12 year career out of it, then then good on him, Jeremy. Well, next season, mate, it doesn't look like we're going to need any more strikers. We're going to have Tezgal, Lowe and Goodwin coming through. I mean, there, there you go. There's 60 goals next season. Done. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. John Coates will be thrilled. Save him a fortune. <laughs> oh, Very well. Um, cool. All right. Lovely. Well, uh, Dan, good, good sleuthing, mate. Well done. Um, and obviously, yeah, thank you for the audio. Appreciate it, Sam. So, um, let's move on now to the final section. So we'll talk about Bristol away this weekend. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, Dan, how are we looking from a stats perspective, mate? Are we, are the uh, the gods in our favour, maybe for once? Right. So. <laughs> Deep breath. 
So uh, we've played Bristol City 60 times. We have 26 wins, 15 draws, 19 defeats. Uh, away, we have eight wins, 11 draws and 11 defeats. So actually, it's not too bad a record, really, at Ashton Gates. Um, yeah, we, there's quite a few of these away games where the, the difference between how many times we've won and lost there is a lot more than eight and 11. Um, which does because I don't know about you, Matt, but I feel like this is a game that we, a team that we don't really do very well against. <laughs> yeah, we we don't, mate. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I would, I mean, again, I might be jumping all over your stats here, so I'm sorry if I am. Um, but you know, when I think about them as a team, I think their last win at home was like October the twelfth, when I was looking it up earlier on. I mean, they they lack a lot of confidence at home, just like we do. Um, so I think with the fact that we're actually away will help us with that shadow of a doubt. I mean, the, the only kind of downsides I see, I think Vyman, uh, I think it's uh, Viner and, and De Silva potentially are coming back as well, which probably doesn't help us. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm not overly worried about them, mate. But um, yeah, statistically, I don't think, it feels like we haven't ever had a, re- a very good run against them. Yes, yeah, so if I was to tell you, that since we had the 2-1, during the vital 2-1 win that we had at home, that sort of... I do, big mama. Yeah, that's the one. Since that day, we've only won two of nine games against Bristol City, Mm. with one draw and six defeats. Yeah. However, however, both wins were at Ashton Gate. So we are yet to beat them at home since that day, but we have won twice away. We won 1-0 in 2018, and we won 2-0 in 2021. Okay. So, uh, wins on the cards, then. Yes. So, <laughs> Bristol City's home form puts them 13th place in the, league, in the league table for home form with 15 points from 11 games. Stoke's away form has them 10th in the away table with 14 points from 11 games. So, that's quite level as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, other than that, the last 16 meetings between this these sides have all had three or less goals. Dating back, really, mm. till the, the turn of the century. Okay. It's not really a, a, a game that produces many goals, this one. Very rarely. Um I've got a Tyrese Campbell stat. So Tyrese Campbell's last eight appearances have all been starts. After a run before that, I've eight sub appearances from his previous nine league games. Now, in that run of eight eight starts, they weren't consecutive. He did miss three games during that run. Um, I think he was he was ill, wasn't he, for a couple of them? Yeah. And I yeah. think he was dropped for the Luton game. He was on the bench. So it feels to me like Nigel Pearson's been at Bristol City forever. Don't know about you, Mike. No, not really, mate. Five minutes. <laughs> um, yeah. So actually, February of 2021. So although it feels to me like he's been there forever, he hasn't. It's less than two years. Um, do you know where that puts him in the Championship? <laughs> I'm laughing, mate, because it's just absolutely ridiculous. But do you know where that puts him in terms of longest-serving managers in this division? Uh, probably in the top five. Third. Third, okay, yeah. So he's been in charge for less than two years and he's the third longest serving manager. So um, after our mate Nath, 
and uh, mm. de- departed and went Southampton. And uh, Wigan sat there, manager Richardson. Uh, he's now only got Gary Rowett and Mark Robbins, who've been at clubs longer than he's been at Bristol City. Right. So what you're telling me is that Alex Neal in 12 months' time is probably again going to be in the top five. Um, because I, other I, other teams will probably sack their managers again. Yeah, I would imagine so, yeah. Um, wouldn't Gosh. surprise me at all. Like I said, though, mate, it's... It, I bet, I bet, I bet, I bet he's, he's close to being in the top half, as it is. It, it <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. Like I said, he's been here three months, and like the, the, the fans at clubs and stuff, they put so much pressure on the owners to get rid when something goes wrong. And I've said, I said before, you know, people want... Manager like Alex Neil, the people were calling for his head already, and he's been here for what three months, maybe four now at push. Um, you know, again, the complete lack of patience. Um, and I'm not going to go into the whole Alex Neil in and out debate, I have to forget that it's not even a debate for me. He hasn't even got his own players yet, so give him a bloody chance. But yeah, mate, it doesn't surprise me that list at all that everyone's um, so flippant. Do you want me to tell you where Alex Neil is and the out of 24 clubs where he sits? Go on. Thirteenth. <laughs> no way. <laughs> That's stupid. Uh, that means at least half the division have sat their manager this year already. And we are I mean, well, we were technically we only played for three months and then we stopped. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh Okay. That is a joke, isn't it? <laughs> it is, mate, it is. Um I mean, are you are you worried about Bristol? I must admit, I, I'm really not. Uh, they they don't they don't worry me. Like I said, I think the lacking confidence, the lacking quality in defence, the lacking quality up front. You know, they, they don't score many goals. They concede goals. We need an away win. We're better away. For me, this is pointing towards a relative, dare I say, it, comfortable Stoke win. Now we don't we know it doesn't always happen, but. Are you worried about Bristol, or are you feeling quite confident? Could you please explain to me what a comfortable Stoke win is? Don't one nil. I've across <laughs> one of those before. Mate, we don't score many goals. Probably one nil. Um, no, I, mean, I don't know, mate. Again, nothing there is screaming that we're going to have a uh, a difficult game. Like I said, Vyman and De Silva and Co coming back. That's probably not going to help us because you know they they have got a bit of quality there. But again, like everyone else, they play you know three five two, three four three typically. Um, that type of formation, everyone seems to play the same. So I don't think you really catch anyone out, you know, in terms of formation. I think it's just those odd players in the championship that can just pull you through a game. Um, I've got something that might might throw a spanner in the works. Ooh, go on then. So the referee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ, here we go. It's Jeff Eltringham. Now, he's been a championship ref for quite a while, quite a few years. But this season, he's only ref five games, three in League One, two in League Two. Um, and he didn't start refing until mid-October. So I think maybe he's had some sort of injury or some time out or something. Right. Um, I don't know officially, but what I do know is that he has ref Stoke 12 times. Now, bear in mind, he's ref Derby 21 times. Uh, he's ref Preston 20 times, ref team 17, 15. So he didn't. That 12 isn't like, you know, the top end here. Uh, but in those 12 games, he has managed to show three red cards to Stoke players. Huh. Which means he has shown more red cards to Stoke players than any other team he has refed. 
in his career. Oh, great. Yeah. And I don't think we've really had any red cards this season, have we? Yes. We have yes. not. So, yes, tw- 12 games, 21 yellows, three reds. He's refed Bristol City 15 times. He has shown them 29 yellows and two reds. Mm-hmm. He is yet to award us a penalty. Surprise, surprise. Nobody <laughs> does that, mate. Um, yet, uh, do, you know, <laughs> do you know how many times he, he's given Bristol City four penalties in their 15 games? Mm. Okay. Um, so bet on the cards and bet on the on the penalty market then if you're if you're a gambler this weekend. <laughs> uh, yeah, but as as for results wise, it's weird because those red cards you would you would think wouldn't you that because of those red cards that we must have a bad record when he refs us, you know if we're down to ten men all the time. But in fact, um, our twelve games we've won six of them, won six, drew three, lost three. 1.75 points per game. Bristol City, on the other hand, have got 15, 15 appearances. They've won three. They've lost 10 and drawn a couple and get 0.73 points per game. Hmm. Okay. So, of all the teams that he's refed like, um, over, three, um, over three times, there's only QPR who have a less a worse points per game record than Bristol City with this guy. So that, we're, that, that's a promising thing. I can, we can take say, that. There you go then, mate. That, that even further cements my um, my thoughts that we're going to win this weekend. Do you know the last, the last time he ref Stoke? Was Blackburn away last season when we won 1-0. When Jacob Brown scored after like three seconds. <laughs> okay, um, well... And the last time, the two times he's refed Bristol City in the last 12 months or so, uh, he refed them in a 2-1 defeat to Luton and a 2-0 defeat to Sheffield United. Okay, well, fingers crossed, mate, that we're not talking about a referee again. Not not, not this time, unless it's in our favour, of course. Maybe, you know, (laughs) obviously, you know, the ref from the weekend has a bit of a chat and says, yeah, you need to give him one here. Um, So... I mean, I'll be honest, I think second half of the season, I mean, they say it luck averages out, doesn't it? So, I mean, we should have about four years, do you reckon, of three <laughs> decisions about to go our way? Yeah, that's don't hold your breath. Get, that's how we're going to get promoted. We're just oh, <laughs> ride, Christ, ride, a wave, ride a wave of uh, dodgy referee decisions in our favour week after week. <laughs> the last thing we need is getting promoted, my God. We'll be absolutely annihilated next year. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's a conversation for another day. Um, all that said, uh, one thing I would obviously uh, like to raise is that we've actually had some audio in from Bristol, Dan, which obviously you've been busy again. Uh, so uh, a very, I love this this name of this pod. So three Ps in a podcast, which is absolutely brilliant. Uh, so they've given us a little bit more insight into into Bristol. So let's have a quick listen to what they had to say. Hey there, this is Patch Warner from Three Peeps in a Podcast, the Bristol City podcast. Um, so, Saturday, home fixture. First one in, I think, five or six weeks. So, looking forward to getting back down Ashton Gate to welcome Stoke. Very confident, as always, going into uh, a home game in particular. Uh, we got a win at the weekend, 3-1 away at Rotherham, and uh, we put in a, a good performance. Carl Naismith uh, came back and was pivotal to to our success. So looking forward to seeing him back at Ashton Gate also. 
Zach Viner and Jada Silva will be back from uh, illness, so we'll be adding them back into the squad. So I expect us to line up Max O'Leary in goal, three across the back of Andy King, Cal Naismith, and probably Zach Viner coming in at the right of the three, with George Tanner maybe moving up into right wing back, Campering left wing back in the middle, Scott, James and Joe Williams with um, Tommy Conway and Naki Wells up top who works so well together. So looking forward to, to that. We've still got a um, number of players on the bench who can come on and affect the game. In Rob Atkinson at the back, Semenyo and Chris Martin up top, um, as well as a, a blend of other youngsters also. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm predicting a home win. Very much looking forward to... Uh, to, to watching the game and uh, yeah I think Stoke are just below us in the league so is it a six pointer yet probably not but uh, it's a very tight league anyone can um, can make a push up into the uh, lower halves of the, the the top half if you like in terms of where, where we are at the moment I predicted us to finish around the top of the bottom half so uh, we're, we're not too far away from that but a couple of wins and we can be well into the top half so who knows where we will finish, but uh, if we can keep our key players fit, I can easily see us finishing in, in mid-table with potentially knocking on the door of the playoffs. But there we go. Uh, best of luck to Stoke Not um, Hope to see some of you guys down Ashton Gate. Take care. Cheers, chaps. Thank you very much uh, indeed. Yeah, good to get a bit more insight, but like I said, I think we're no doubt going to absolutely hammer you at the weekend by winning 1-0. Um, speaking of predictions, now, Dan, Graham was feeling positive um, as we came back into the uh, the Cardiff game. He went 1-0 at the weekend. Now, we'll have a listen to see what he thought about his prediction this week. I've got a feeling he's probably learned his lesson, but let, let's, let's have a quick listen to what uh, Graham's prediction was. Hello there, you Potter's predictors. Well, you're back in action, of course, again. The weekend before the Christmas uh, festive fixtures get really underway. And a difficult trip down to Ashton Gate to take on Bristol City, of course, managed by the former Stoke player for a few years ago in Nigel Pearson. Well, if Bristol City or anything to go what Nigel Pearson played like, they're going to be tough and very hard to beat. But Stoke need a win. They looked as though they were going to get that victory against Cardiff. Referees... Decisions didn't go in their favour. And of course, at the end of the day, they had to settle for a point. And with one or two results going against them in this midweek, Stoke are getting too close to comfort now towards those bottom places in the Championship. It needs a turnaround of form. And it's going to be difficult to get going, I think, at Bristol City. They're inconsistent, Bristol City. A bit like Stoke City. But I'm going to go for the letter B and not the letter S to win it. Bristol to beat Stoke by two goals to one. Happy Christmas. Hope my prediction's wrong. Graham, yeah, as I just said, Dan, he's clearly learned his lesson, mate. He's had enough of predicting Stoke wins, so what he's going to do now is play mind games, a bit of reverse psychology going on. Uh, he's gone, obviously, for a, a Bristol uh, win. Um, so, yeah, very unlike our Graham. He's never, ever predicted a Stoke defeat, ever. Uh, have we, Dan, have we finally broken him? I think we have. I think I'm gonna to have to gonna to have to see where he is in this prediction table. And so give me give me this week. I'll get this prediction table updated, 
and we can see just how far down he is because he never predicts anything for a Stoke win. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you know, I think that's the only saving grace that me and you have got, really, is that, you know, we just we're crap, but he's worse. <laughs> that's only what we've got because he's 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 very loyal. He's more loyal yeah. than we are. Yeah, he's um he obviously didn't want to maybe didn't want to upset anyone, but yeah, by all means, go for it because uh, <laughs> we 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 don't win every week, so by all means, predict the draws and the losses. <laughs> Yeah, if you get bottom grain, you do know that you've got to go to Vale Park. So, yeah. Um, anyway, let's move swiftly on to kind of start to, to close this out a little bit. Um, team selection, Dan. I mean, again, I, I say Stoke win. Yes, I do think we'll win. I don't think it's going to be as actually clear cut as I've made out it's going to be. But um, I've got us down for a 2-1 Stoke win. Um, I I'm going. I'm going to go for the same team versus Cardiff, but if I'm honest, I'm probably bringing Nick Powell in to replace Smallbone. Whether we'll have that kind of luxury in terms of space and allowing that type of a game, time will tell. But I think Smallbone starting. Well, when he came in, he started okay for us, didn't he? If I remember rightly, I think he looked quite bright. But um, for me, he's not shown anywhere near enough. Uh, recently and obviously people were selecting for the weekend but um in the same breath and i did mention this briefly earlier on baker again is coming for some stick i mean he's not having the best of seasons so far do do you think the stick for both of them is warranted or i mean is baker droppable for example i mean i I know he hasn't scored in a while but he is like the top scorer so if you do that from midfield again if you're going to be picking him, picking him out for, you know, a bit of scrutiny and a bit of stick, and he's doing that, what about the ones around him? But yeah, he's top goal scorer. But again, recently, recent games, and yeah, I don't remember. He's not, he's, he's not performing. So how long do you allow a player to not perform before you've then got to question his position? Yeah, I think. Um... I'll be, yeah, I'll, I'll be, I, I was being a bit facetious there. Um, I think we've had, like you. <laughs> um, we've had a month off, haven't we? And I would give him last week. I think people who maybe had a bit of a bad week last week, you know, play all players are different, aren't they? The, the, and some players need a game to get into the into things. You know, you see a lot of interesting and um, dodgy results, like you know, on the first first game of the season for example don't you because some players need a game to get get themselves going mm-hmm. and uh, I wonder if he's one of those kind of players maybe um, so I definitely would keep him in for this one and I think you know he's, he's, he's the captain um, I'd, I'd say for me I think you need to give him three four five games now and if he isn't then if he's still sort of not contributing then I think then he becomes then that's when he becomes droppable for me. Um, I'm hoping that Alex Neal used that because he subbed him off, didn't he, with 21 minutes to go mm-hmm. against Cardiff. Um, and I think that he's maybe hoping that that is a bit of a boot up the backside. Possibly, mate. Yeah, I mean, whether he's physically said anything to him or whether it's just a bit of a subtle, you're not, you know, I will take you off. 
Yeah, it's, 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 it's words. No words are needed in that scenario, are they? It's like no. He sort of goes, I think so. You know, bloody hell. Yeah, the, this gaffer's not scared of pulling the trigger on me. I best get my act together here, or else I'll be on the bench. What do you think about Smallbone? Is is the stick warranted for him? Is he doing enough for you? Um, a lot. There's been times though, in the Blackpool game. Blackpool game was back beginning of August when he's you know I looked and thought oh yeah there's a, there's a player there but I can definitely see how he's failed to get anywhere near the Southampton side on a regular basis um, he doesn't there's no consistency in his play for me and that's that's the biggest concern you'd hope that by now playing as often as he has done this season that he would have started to see like I say, a bit of consistency in him, sort of putting his marker down on the team and be able to rely on him for something like you say, oh, yeah, it's all right because we know we're going to get this out of Smallbone every week. But for me, to, we don't. When, we, when we're when playing well, he seems to do all right. He plays well. But when it backs up against it, he doesn't, there's nothing from him. And that you don't need those kind of players because when you backs up against it, that's when you need players you know, you, you big players to come and stand up and drag you through that, don't they? Yeah. It's, it's yeah, no exactly. use having it's no use having players who go missing when you when you need them the most. Um, and for me, like I say, he has a, like I say, it's just that consistency. There's definitely a player in there, and and you just want you just want him to do it more. You know, to just 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 instead of doing one game in four and be having three anonymous ones. Just give me something. I'm not asking. We're not asking for nine or ten out of ten performances every week. But if you're going to give me, if you're going to give me an eight or an eight point five every now and again, make sure you've got six point five and sevens the rest of the time, not fours yeah. and fives. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's benefiting from the fact that we probably haven't got lots of quality midfielders knocking his door down. And Powell been injured. Yeah, that's the old. To me, if Nick Powell had been fit for the majority of the season. Smallbone would have spent the majority of it sat on the bench based on how he's played so far. Well, mate, speaking about cheesy jokes, Nick Powell being fit is probably right <laughs> up there for joke of the week, isn't it? Um, <laughs> he's fit in the minutes. He's fit the line alone. He's fit in the minutes. At least for a week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. So, score prediction. What are you going for? Um, I. Uh, Team wise, by the way, uh, I didn't sort of give him mine. I'm keeping Bonham in goal. Um, Back four stages as it is. Again, I think the same as you. I'll probably bring Powell into midfield. Um, Thompson, I like Thompson. He, he keeps his place. Yeah. Any word on Josh Loren? I haven't seen anything. I've not heard anything, but it's not exactly unsurprising, really, is yeah. it, with this manager? So, uh, Or Gale, either. Was he dropped? No, that's he, a bit of a weird one. Injured? He, apparently he injured, but... Either, did he? I can say he didn't play in the friendly either, did he? So I heard it. I think it was just someone spreading crap to be honest with you mate but I saw one of the comments that apparently you've been seen in a leg brace I don't know you you just I can't trust it it wasn't from anyone that I could say I trust at all uh, in terms of that whether that's true uh, or not fo- footballers these days and now clubs look after them and make sure that nothing can happen any no injuries can be made any worse than they are if he stubs his toe up on the on the on the on a Corner unit, they'll stick him in a foot, you know, a really protected boot. Yeah. <laughs> Only so it wouldn't surprise me if he was in a leg brace, if he's, you know, tweaked a, a knee or something and he's out for three weeks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. 
But yeah, I think, like I say, the lap scored, Campbell scored, Campbell looked lively, Fossu's definitely worthy of keeping his place. Um, so yeah, That's I can't see change then, isn't it? Yeah, to, to me, yeah, Powell comes in and that might just transform the side as well. Because, you know, when was the last time that we started a game with Campbell, Powell, Suter? Yeah, well, there, there you go. There's something for you to look into uh, going forward, mate. But, yeah, I mean, may, may, maybe if it is happens, as simple as that. If it happens, I'll have to find the last time for us. Or how many times it's happened in the past, say, three years. You will. Absolutely will, mate. Um, And before Prediction. we can... Yeah. Uh, yeah. If... Two, one. Oh, you copycat. Okay. Yeah. yeah, two, one. Um. I'm pretty sure Graham went 2 1 to Bristol. So we've all gone 2 1. No, no. No, no, I've gone 2 1 to Stoke. Come on. <laughs> okay. You haven't broken. You might regret that. Um, I'm going to go with the same goal scorers as last week as well. The Lap and Campbell. That okay. might just what we need. Some strikers going back to back games, scoring and going on some runs now. Well, I'm going to go for Baker and Campbell. There you go. Baker's going to pop up with a goal. Um, one thing as well. So, gaffer updates. Um, I don't know if you've got this, Dan, but I've actually got it in front of me. As long as my phone oh, does not die. Man. Um, so Jack's team, uh, Jack Caranto, he's top. He's moved up just slightly uh, in front of Kyle's team, which is at Stoke Gaffer. Um, friend of the pod, Mr. Ben Rowley, sits in eighth with Yes Saint Laurent. <laughs> I love it. Um, Steve Bruce has decided to play. He's, he's got a bit bored of football management. He's he's decided to have a go. Um, he's sitting in fifth. And Pookie Blinders, who have been up there, are sitting in third as well. Um, I'm trying to think whereabouts uh, you are, if I'm honest. I mean, James O'Connor is uh, is up there. He's decided to have a go as well. He's obviously retired from football, so he sits at 18th um, as well. I'm trying to think of any other main ones I can look at. Johnny, Johnny, no, Jamie Walters. I thought Johnny Walters had, had got bored as well. Uh, but no, Daniel Buxton, there you go. Sitting in 24th, mate. 1181 points. That'll I love your team, sure. Daniel's team. Very inventive, mate. Well done. Jesus. Um, and uh, Mr. Andy Blinston sits in 30th, just behind you, actually. So I'm what's in 32nd. Called? Um, Andrew's team. <laughs> and what's your team called? Uh, Michael's team. <laughs> oh Christ! <laughs> That's me saying that. Yeah, we clearly very inventive there, weren't we? Jesus Christ! Uh, anyway, yeah. So all to play for here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, all to play for, mate. Uh, we're not doing a quiz this week because it's been long enough, and um, also it's only me, which is quite difficult to do a quiz on your own. Um, so we're not doing one. We're not squeezing it in, mate. I'm putting my foot down this week. Um. I'm just trying to think of anything else you want to bring up before we kind of uh, shoot off and look forward to three points. Um, no, obviously, I mean, we haven't got a quiz, but I think we just there's a couple of things that we need to mention, aren't we? Obviously, the the pundit game, like I say, if anybody um, wants to use Potter's code, uh, the code Potter's, uh, if they do want to buy a pundit, they have to hear the games last week, uh, you will get some, you will get a percentage off. Um, which is nice, make a nice Christmas present if you've got anybody stoked crazy or if you want it and you want to, uh, you know, you've got some mates coming round or, or whatever, you want to get the game, uh, make sure you do that because you'll get some money. Uh, you get some money knocked off. Um, 
And the obviously the other thing that we really need to to mention is the Red and White Christmas appeal on Mike. Yeah, we mentioned it last week, mate. But absolutely worth uh, a shout. We're doing doing pretty good last time I checked. Yeah, I think yeah, I think we uh, we will just keep talking about it till it's done, won't absolutely. we? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've got five grand to to raise, mate. Or should, well, I mean, realistically, with the money that's coming in, it looks like probably another couple of thousand to make, which we appreciate now of all times is like mega hard for people. So anything at all that you can do, again, like you mentioned last week, Dan, is going to three very worthwhile local charities. You know, this it's staying close to home, which yeah. I know some people who donate to charities like, oh, it's going to go to big corporations and, you know, it's going to evaporate. Well, that's not going to happen. It's, it's going to affect local people. So, um, yeah, very worthwhile. If anybody's not familiar with the work that the Macari Foundation do, which is one of our the charities in this appeal, um, Stoke actually sent some players down there this week. And if you go onto um, Stoke's socials, um, you'll find a video of the Stoke players there with Lou, with Lou Macari. Um, and it shows you know around the centre and you can see all the work that's being done. Um, so if you want to see what where this money is, what it could actually be doing, then go and have a look at that, and you you know you'll be in, sort of inspired by the work that Lou's doing there. He's doing an amazing job. Um, and to us, when, when I, like I say, I was mentioning earlier on to how cold it is, getting out and taking the kids. You know, I can't imagine not having a roof over my head at the minute with you know, the temperatures. It must be absolutely horrific to be out on the streets. You know, when it's it's dipping into you know double figures in the negative overnight. Christ. No, mate. I I was saying this t- today. You know, it, it's pretty brutal so um you, you've you've got to feel for him and, and Luke, i mean i've just been checking by the way dan um we've had some we've had about another what almost 100 quid's worth of donations today alone so uh we're sitting around two and a half thousand plus the money that we know is coming from bits of work you've been doing there so we're pretty much above three thousand so we've still got time to get another couple of thousand in there with all the work that all the different you know partners are doing all the different podcasts etc so uh yeah yeah sorry to put you off even if even if you haven't because we like i say we understand that you know you may be one of the people that 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 feels the benefit of this whether it be the food banks or the all the 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 mccoy foundation or even the dougie mac if you don't you know you you're going to be supported by these charities or you just feel that you haven't got you you can't spare anything because you know money is tight for so so many people please just like it share it retweet it send it out get it out as far and as wide as possible and let's you know just spread because the more eyes that see this the more people that see it the more chance we have of raising you know every pound that comes in is going to help to make try and make a difference to, to these people so yeah, no, thank you very much to to everyone who's uh, who's contributed so far. Um, I think that's a nice place to leave it, mate. So like Luke, thanks very much, obviously, for joining me as always. Uh, I know we said this wasn't going to be a long one, but it's probably not short, not not too far short of the last week's one. Uh, we love a good ramble. <laughs> um, so thanks to everyone for your continued support. Always good. Get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook. Just every step along the way, and you'll find us on there. And uh, as always, uh, we'll see you uh, next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.